Sometimes the absolute best strategy for a parenting challenge is to do absolutely nothing. And that's one of the things that I talk about with my special guest, Eric Author. Eric is a father of four, just like me, and he's raising them to be kind and compassionate and affectionate human beings, and he's doing it by example. He's a Tai Chi instructor and a folk song writer and poet. So we're going to be talking about raising multiple children in this world, but raising them to be kind and compassionate and generally good human beings and how we do that by doing it ourselves. My name is Giselle Beaumet, and you're listening to the Parenting Alchemy podcast. At the Parenting Alchemy, I help parents to raise good human beings, doing it through connection-based parenting and inner child self-healing. So let's listen in. I think you'll enjoy it. So basically, if you had the platform to talk to these dads and say, whoa, listen, here's some things you should know from having, you know, you having had four kids and done so much work, what kind of things would you tell them? So the basis that I'm going to draw a lot of this information off of is really based on my, my Tai Chi, not physicality, but Tai Chi philosophy that comes mm-hmm. with things. Um, and that's going to be um, this idea of trying to create connection um, without disengaging. So one of, one of the things like, you know, if, if one of my children falls and they hurt themselves, to offer them eye contact but not, n- not having a reaction in myself. It's like, oh, they fell. Let's look at them. Observe mm-hmm. how they're taking it. Rather than um, sometimes I feel it's like, oh, did you hurt yourself? And like, then mm-hmm. they're like, wait, did I hurt myself? As I'm, I'm more looking over to them. It's like, I see you. I see what happened. How I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to react. And a lot of times they will just like, okay, dad's not reacting. I don't need to react. And then they'll just pick themselves up and, you know, move on with their playing. Um, in older stages, this is like, you know, when my son like spills something in the, um, the kitchen, you know, I'll look at him and I'll give him my attention and do my best not to react and just observe him. And mm. he will automatically say, all right, I'm sorry. And I, I made a mess and start cleaning it up. Mm. He may ask for my help. But he's taking the initiative uh, of cleaning it um, before I even, without me having to react, right? And so there is the softness of connection, give, giving them attention without, without giving them either a happy thing or a negative thing until they tell me how they feel. Wow. So that's where you're taking more of the observing role you're Mm -hmm. observing the situation they know they are being supported in terms of like your presence is there yeah but you're you're waiting for them to to kind of decide for themselves first what they're going to need or want or do and you're observing without injecting a direction towards it that's the point yes 
how soon did you begin this? Like, well, will you do this when they were toddlers or like how, how would that look like in, in a regular setting with a young child? I think that, so my practice has been about 20 years and I, uh, I think that around year 11 is when it really sort of to take to, I gain momentum in really taking the time to stop and listen and see what's going on rather than stop, react to what's going on. And that has been, that's something that my Tai Chi philosophy pulls in and, um, and then it affects everything. So not only did, did it affect, you know, my, how I related to my children also affected how I related to my wife and made it so that like that relationship of like how we parented together and our relationship, um, was like something I didn't react to which in itself is like, that's a really good thing to do because it, it, from a young age, children can see like what, a, how to healthily um, communicate with somebody is. And so then I took that and I was like, I'm not going to just do that, you know, with only my kids or only my, my wife that like, I use that, that sort of like stop, bring awareness, don't react, find out what somebody needs. and then and then take action if needed, Be, became like something that became normal now. Mm -hmm. Your kids, were like if you were to channel them and see what to say about that, how would you think they, they react to that or, or think of that approach? How would they react? I'm not sure how I would want to, I, I think the part of that, that I'm sure that they are happy about is that because I'm taking the time to like, take a breath, breathe before I, but before when I'm observing something before I react actually saves them trauma. Right. Mm -hmm. So rather than me reacting and then they have to react to my reaction, you know, I wait and in my waiting, to react before and like gathering myself, finding a still point of stillness, a place of calm before I react. If I want to use that before I move, um, mm -hmm. saves them trauma. Like I, every time I hurt somebody in any type of relationship, um, by my actions, if I want that relationship to go deeper, I'm going to have to address that for it to go deeper. So it's like each time I, I bump into a situation where I like, I have consciousness and it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes I react at, right on the spot and they're like, my kids will be like, Whoa, what the heck happened to our dad? Mm. Um, but like there, there are time, you know, most of the time where I was like, I stop, I look and I realize it's like, if I yell at them at this point, that's something I'm going to have to fix. I'm going to have to say, I'm sorry, I overreacted, you know, um, and you know, uh, I'm working on it, you know, to not, mm. not hurt you, but it's like, um, in every situation, every relationship, it's just like, if I do something to hurt them, I'm going to have to fix it if I value the relationship. And mm -hmm. so rather than, rather than having to fix it in the, in the future, because I did something, did something that hurt them, I stopped before I hurt them. 
mm-hmm. and then I react um, and move in a way that's more calm and loving for them. And yeah, I don't want to cause I'm, them trauma. Yes. And I really like that. Um, this is what they know you as, you know, they, they expect that, that's that non trauma causing reaction, you know, like if it was any different, they'd be like, Whoa, Whoa, what just, you know, who's this person? <laughs> yeah. And in fact, so, like I have, I have done something for them. Um, because I know for myself, like sometimes I will, because I'm human mess up and really like lay into them sometimes. And, uh, uh, for this last Christmas, I actually wrote them all a handwritten letter, um, of all the things that I believe about them that I think are great. My hopes and dreams for them, um, that are more about their character than like what they do in life. Um, Mm -hmm. and like really, you know, say, I love, I appreciate them that, that way they have something to hold on to and go back to. It's like, Sam, one day I'm a really jerk or one day I'm like, and uh, one day I won't be here that like, they'll be able to like, but I can like read this letter and this letter will tell me what, what dad really thinks about me rather than that angry guy over there. Yes. Oh, now do you give that to them or do you save it? No, I gave it to them for Christmas and then they save it wherever they want to. Oh, that is so great. That is so great. I am loving this tip because I do talk a lot about uh, pausing before our reaction. Mm -hmm. But I think what I'm really enjoying from from your um, from what you do is that you just always just wait. You know, they know your presence is there but you wait so that you don't even risk having a reaction that is going to feel traumatic. You observe. And then sometimes they need you to speak or say something. Other times they don't. So I love that. Is is this almost energetic exchange before you proceed? Definitely. And they know enough of, they know enough about me that like, Rather than like, I remember like my, my mom or my grandma used to give me the eye, right. When yeah, something yes. was going on, but it's like, the eye isn't really necessary that, that, that more of negative thing. All it takes is awareness. Like I can walk into a, the room. Um, and they, if they've been doing something there, they know, I don't really like them to be doing like all it t- takes is for me to come into the room and look around mm-hmm. and they'll start fixing themselves. And I'm not like giving them the eye. It's just it's like. <laughs> it's them it's them seeing oh i'm come like dad's here this actually isn't something i should be doing mm-hmm. and they already know it they already know it and so if i add negativity to it i only make the situation worse they've yeah. caught themselves i don't need to recatch them and yeah. so it's unnecessary yeah now what what would you say for because you know, this is this is going to be obviously for for some parents it's going to be like oh I never thought of that or I never even thought of my reaction as being possibly um, traumatic like for the dads and the moms obviously but in particularly for the dads who who might be curious about um, how their their past might be connecting to the way that they're parenting 
what, where would you guide them to? Like, what would you tell them to start exploring first? I would say um, that being in a place where you need to recover from the trauma of your past um, is a place where we need to uh, understand like they were doing the best they could. My mm-hmm. parents were doing the best they could. That that's and to expect more of them based on what they knew is a really unfair. It's unfair mm-hmm. to like, well, my parents should have done this. Well, they didn't know. So mm-hmm. how could they have done it? And so it's mm-hmm. it's getting to that place uh first with all the trauma points that like, you know, my parents actually did the best they could based on the tools that they had and how they were raised. And even then in that situation, most times they even did it a little better than their parents did. I know mm-hmm. my parents did. My parents did it way better than their parents. Yeah. And I'm doing better than my parents. And so it's it's this growing and evolving. And it's really like amazing for us as parents to like look back on what our parents did. And it's just like, that's how what they showed me. And I've made it even better. And like, I hope like, and I think my parents do appreciate the fact that I did better than they did. Mm-hmm. And if the, I opened up that conversation and I might talk to my parents about it, they're like, you know, you're a great dad. <laughs> like you, you yeah. do, did a lot better. And so um, I think like maybe opening up that conversation of like, you know, parenting with my parents was also um, helpful because it, 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 it allowed me to communicate um, what I did that was different. And I felt like it was valuable. And Mm -hmm. then that helps my parents understand my viewpoint. And then it's like, oh, they open up a little bit and say, yeah, thank you for being a better parent than I, Mm -hmm. than I could be. And so it's like this constant evolution of like being better parents and that than the generation before and being, and it's like, it's going to be a journey for that'll last the rest of our lives. Right. And continue on through our children. Yeah, I always say, you know, with my mom too, I always say she did the best she could with with the information she had, with what she knew. And, and like your parents, she also did way better in raising us than she did, than her mother, you know, mm-hmm. did for her. And and likewise, I feel like for me, I'm doing I'm taking the good of what she did, but definitely in changing the things that she didn't know that I know. And applying it differently with, with my kids. And my mom has, it's interesting when my mom saw how I was parenting my young ones when they were younger, she, she felt a little sad, actually. She felt a little sad because she said, I wish I had known and I would have done this, you know, for you. Mm -hmm. And I remember like having to parent her and say, mommy, you did best you knew to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was almost like the child, you know, healing the, <laughs> the parent, yeah. you know, but, um, I think our parents in general, you know, they come with their own, they come and, and just like us, everybody comes with their generational trauma. And, um, and if we're making changes ourselves to change our parenting, imagine what our kids will know. I feel yeah. like, you know, we're able to do leaps uh, in generational healing through how we parent differently with our kids. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I feel like my, my children know more than 
like, because I'm passing on information and, and wisdom um, that I know at <laughs> that I gathered in my 40s and 50s, or yeah, yeah, that that they're getting now, you know, and you know, at, I find opportunities to like bring like through current events or um, through their gaming experiences um, of like, yeah, this is how people are now. Um, this is what I learned about that. And mm -hmm. they can see the contrast between what's happening out there and what's happening in our family circle. And they'll be like, oh, I'm much rather like the way you do things, dad. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it makes a really big impact in like me, like that they and their teens have the wisdom, the, the source, uh, being able to get to the source of the wisdom that I only found when my 40s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And actually it's funny because I recently was um looking at the data of uh I always I know that I, I do things differently, but whenever possible, I love to connect it to the evidence, you know, like the evidence base and what the research says for it. And so recently I was looking up like how how are these children going to grow up who have a more um connection? you know, connection-based parenting, like whether the relationship with the child is important. And one of the things I said was they, when they are in teenage years, they're actually able to not be influenced by um, the things that normally you worry about. You know, like they, they're able to say, mm, you know, no, I'm not actually interested in that. Um, um, I, I don't actually want to do that negative behavior. Like they're, they're able to do that on their own without the parent having to be like, don't do this. Don't do that. They just aren't interested in it. And I know for me, now that I have two teenagers and, um, a preteen, I'm, I'm seeing that, especially with my, my two older, like the ones who are actually in the teenage years, I'm seeing that. I'm just like, oh, Thank you, research, for <laughs> for being accurate. <laughs> yeah. So now, um, let's see what you're. I'd love to give because you've given such really good, especially the one of just stepping back and observing, and giving our parents grace and doing better than what our parents did, and having you know opening those communications with them. Um, if you had a group of parents who in a, in a group of dads, you know, who were in a, in a room listening for what you're going to say next, what would you, what would be like your final words of wisdom for them? To realize that there is an immense challenge for ourselves as parents in raising, um, like connected children, when we ask our children to be more authentic and more connected and honoring themselves, it really puts the onus on ourselves to like be okay with the fact that they're going to choose something that I may not want. And I'm going mm. to have to be okay with the fact that they will choose that and choose it in some time in an error. And they're going to have an experience that we wouldn't want them to have. Um, but that if we step in and try to say no, we are actually like sabotaging their growth. Mm. And we, I want them to make mistakes and I want them to make mistakes as early as possible in like 
learning when it's time to go to bed, learning what's to eat, learning what foods feel good in them and not. And, you know, um, how much gaming time is enough or not enough and teaching them signs to look for rather than times to look for, because signs to look for means they're being, is, is letting them get into their intuition. Time is completely relative in that situation. Mm. And, and really in that sense, giving the opportunity for letting them to be responsible for them by not taking responsibility over them is just mind-blowingly awesome and hard to do. Yes. <laughs> but so <laughs> worth it. So worth it. And what have you been finding with your kids when you do that? Um, I'm finding that they are able to, because I don't try to take responsibility for them, that they will take responsibility for themselves. And mm -hmm. sometimes it does take my presence showing up into the room. Like there, there are things where I will tell them like their time, their time sets when I tell them that they, I don't want them on devices. Um, and there's other times when it's just like, you're free to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes because I set the parameter of like, Hey, please don't be on during these times to do something, not devices. If I come home early and they're on, I don't say anything. I see them scattering around the house to like, <laughs> uh, oh, dad's here. We're not supposed to be doing it. And letting that be the lesson mm -hmm. and letting me be the loving father who's like, who saw it happen, but is not going to rail into them because of it. So mm. um, that, that, that. That's the struggle that as, for, for a parent, that's the struggle, that internal struggle of wanting to like make a point of what they did was wrong with when, if we're watching, they already knew. Yes. Yes. I really like that. And it is true. There's a lot of times when all you really need to do is be like, okay, you know, just observing it because they already got their own their own lesson themselves. Like they already have yeah. that whole awareness. And I was thinking of times when that has happened too, um, with the kids. I can, I can tell yeah. you one, and this was a real mind blower, not, not for my, for, for my kids, but for me and, and seeing myself and how I was reacting. Um, so regarding this thing of like not being on devices during this a certain time. And so I found myself, I caught myself like trying to like, not set the whole, uh, the alarm on the car that states that I'm at home so mm -hmm. I can so I can actually get to the stairs and see in the window that they're doing it so I could catch them in the act and mm -hmm. saying to myself I'm like why am I doing that why do why do I feel the need to 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 make them feel worse in that situation when the real learning experience is me driving up and they hear the horn and they fix themselves before I even get in the door. Like, how awesome is that compared yeah. to the fact of me, like, wanting to catch them in the act? Yeah. And it's just like, it's much more powerful to, and even in some ways, if I think about it, it's more fun to let them catch themselves than me having to catch them. Yeah. I love that self-awareness too. We, you know, you had come up with this whole plan. You're like, I'm going to turn off the thing. We're going to look yeah. in the window. And then you had to question yourself. It's like, call your own stuff out. Be like, wait a minute. Why am I doing that? Like, why? 
It's not loving. Yeah, this is not connection based. <laughs> this is self satisfying, and it's not going to be helpful. You know, so I think the self awareness is so powerful because it gives you so much more wisdom when you catch. I always call it, you know, calling your own BS. It's like call mm-hmm. your call yourself out, you know, and and um, and when you do that, it's like your your higher self comes and says, "Okay, here's what we're going to do." Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, and, they, yeah, go ahead. And call, calling calling ourselves on our own BS is is the best thing we can do for our children and parenting them. Mm-hmm. It's just like it saves them from so much. Mm-hmm, right? It saves them from so much. There's so you don't have to then fix things with them if you first just question yourself. Um, question yourselves. And, and I love reframing things for parents. Like when they say, you know, I'm going to do this because of this and this and this, and I'll reframe and be like, well, what, what, what is that going to feel like if you did this and that? And they're like, Oh, you know, mm-hmm. it is just question yourself first and then see, and that's where you learn your growing opportunities too, is when you start questioning and then you realize there's something about how you're feeling that is actually the issue. And then you can do that internal work without ever involving your kids. <laughs> yes. And then, and yeah, I love that. 